the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. City WLCC Brandon. Faith Talk Tampa. Online at Let's Talk Or listen on TuneIn and Odyssey. The following is sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries and is pre recorded. But hearing this, it's very likely that the apostles could have and would have gotten the wrong impression. They may have gotten the impression that the unbelieving sheep of this world would be very easy to lead to Christ. They're so down, they're so disheartened, that all that was necessary was for someone to come along, tell them about Christ and his kingdom, and they would just be thrilled to follow him. I mean, after all, they're just dumb sheep, and sheep will follow a shepherd and given the right circumstances, but that's not the case at all. One of Gary Larson's Far Side cartoons showed a picture of two sheep talking during a party, and one of them says, well, what do you know? I'm a follower too. I guess sheep just have that reputation. And in a lot of ways, people are not all that different from sheep. So it's no surprise that the Lord Jesus often used them as illustrations of the human condition. I'm Peter Silseth, and I'm glad you could be with us for today's lesson. We tend to need leaders, but as you well know, we're prone to following the wrong leader or even wandering off on our own. What is it that makes it so hard for people to follow the great shepherd? And how is it that the sheep we witness to often turn into wolves? Pastor teacher Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida, will be tackling those issues and more today on Verse by Verse. Pastor Steve has been serving at Lakeside since 1981. We at Verse by Verse Ministries now have the joy of making his clear, practical messages available to you through this daily radio Bible class. We are beginning a new series of lessons today based on Matthew chapter 10, starting at verse 16. If you have your Bible with you, you might want to turn there right now as we get ready to begin. Our subject is resistance to the gospel. If you are a Christ follower, you know that sharing your faith can sometimes be a harrowing experience. We have such wonderful news to tell people, yet the good news is often met with outright hostility. In this passage, Jesus warned his fledgling apostles of that fact. And Pastor Steve will have plenty from this passage that we can apply to our own situations. Here is Pastor Steve. Let's turn our Bibles to Matthew chapter 10, and we continue our study of this very, very instructive chapter in which our Lord is telling us about being witnesses to the world. And we've come now to the second section of Matthew 10, starting at verse 16 and going through verse 23. Jesus said, Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves, so be shrewd as serpents and innocent as doves. But beware of men, for they will hand you over to the courts and scourge you in their synagogues, and you will even be brought before governors and kings for my sake as a testimony to them and to the Gentiles. But when they hand you over, do not worry about how or what you are to say, for it will be given to you in that hour 
what you are to say. For it is not you who speak, but it is the spirit of your father who speaks in you. Brother will betray brother to death and a father his child. And children will rise up against parents and cause them to be put to death. And you'll be hated by all because of my name. But it is the one who has endured to the end who will be saved. But whenever they persecute you in one city, flee to the next. For truly, I say to you, you will not finish going through the cities of Israel until the Son of Man comes. After the Allies were forced to withdraw from Dunkirk during World War II, Winston Churchill stood before the English people and he said, all I can offer you is blood, sweat, and tears. See, Churchill made sure that his people understood the difficulties that were ahead of them as they were being sent out to fight this terrible war. In a similar manner, this passage of Scripture that we've just read reveals that at the beginning of the apostles' ministry, Jesus stood before them as he was thrusting them out into a war where they would be witnesses for him. He made it clear to them that there would be difficulties ahead of them and that what was required of them in in this war was their blood, their sweat, and their tears. He was telling them that he was sending them out into a world that would greatly oppose the gospel. Now, as you can see, even by just a surface glance at these verses, that opposition to the gospel is the very heart and and theme of this passage. Even if you don't know the details of this passage, you can very clearly see that our Lord is talking about expecting opposition. He speaks in in verse 17 of bewaring of of men to beware of men because they'll hand you over to the courts and the synagogues to be whipped that's what scourging means he talks about in verse 21 brother betraying brother a father's child children rising up against parents even causing them at times to be put to death he talks in verse 23 about persecution fleeing from one city to the to another. In verse 22, he says, you'll be hated by all people. So I think it's very clear that this passage, the very theme, the very heart of it, the very message here is about persecution. Now you may wonder, why would Jesus tell them now at this point in their ministry about persecution? After all, this was the very start of their ministry. As we've said many times, they were not veteran missionaries. They were novices. Why would the Lord tell them at the start of their ministry that they could expect such opposition. Wasn't he concerned that they would be discouraged? Maybe retreat, want to return to the peaceful shores of Galilee as as fishermen? Nobody bothered them there. So why would Jesus tell them at this point about all the difficulties that lie ahead of them? Well, here's something to learn that's important about Jesus Christ. He never misleads anyone. He never deceives anyone anyone. He never gives the wrong impression. The Lord wanted them to know right at the very beginning of the ministry what they could expect because he always speaks with integrity. And that includes, that integrity includes telling his followers right up front about the cost of being one of his disciples, about sacrifices. Uh, he, He will go on to tell them that they have to love him more than their father, more than their mother. He'll tell them that they need to pick up their cross and follow him. And by their cross, he didn't mean you were having a tough day. He meant take up your cross and follow me to crucifixion. Die if necessary for my sake. He'll tell them that they have to not gain their lives, but give it away and lose it for his sake. And so like Churchill with his people, Jesus tells his own 
about the blood, sweat, and tears required of them as they follow him. And that's exactly what he wanted the apostles to know right up front. Even before they began their first missionary journey into Galilee. Now, here's what's very interesting about these instructions. During this first term, which was very brief, it was just a brief trip into Galilee to minister to the the Jewish people of that area. It was just a a taste of missionary work. How long it was, I don't know, but it was a short-term, short, brief missions trip. While they were there, they didn't experience any of the things that we just read about in verses 16 through 23. Now, we do know that they encountered people who would reject the gospel because we saw this in verses 14 and 15. Jesus said, whoever does not receive you nor hear your words as you go out of that house or of that city, shake the dust off of your feet. Truly, I say to you, it'll be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. So they would encounter people who would say, get out of my house. I don't want to hear about this. I'm not interested. I'm very satisfied with my religious beliefs. I I don't care to listen to you. But that's a far cry from what he's just told them about being scourged in the synagogues, about being brought before governors and kings, or about children rising up against parents and parents against children, and some people being put to death. All of those kinds of opposition would occur, but later in the ministry of the apostles, not now. So why did Jesus feel compelled to tell them about these things now? Let me explain. As you know, the overall message of Matthew chapter 10 is Christ giving instructions to the apostles about being his witnesses. He's recently, just a few months prior to this, appointed 12 of his disciples to serve as his official representatives, his ambassadors, known as apostles. And now he's ready to include them in the work of ministry. They're going to be thrust out into the work of ministry. And so the first section of this chapter, which we've been studying for the last several weeks, reveals the specific instructions given to them as they go around to the various villages and towns in Galilee, the northern region of Israel, ministering the gospel to Jewish people. However, that was their their first short-term missions trip. But Jesus didn't stop there. He went on to tell them about their long-term missions trip and and ministry as missionaries to the world. So you have a short-term missions trip that's very brief, but then he goes on to tell them what life would be like while he's in heaven and they're on earth in their long-term ministry to the world as missionaries. And these instructions, note this, now are broadened. They're not simply for the apostles. They don't just fit them. Now they're broadened because they're for every believer from the apostles on until Jesus returns. In other words, the instructions Jesus now gives in these verses gives us a glimpse of what every believer from the days of the apostles until the second coming of Christ can expect as we take the gospel to them. Here's how one Bible teacher summed up the intended purpose of our Lord's words. There is a telescoping significance in the passage, he writes, beginning with the limited dispensational preaching of the kingdom to the lost sheep of the house of Israel during this particular mission and until the day of Pentecost. There is a sweep through the entire future of Christ's church from his first coming to his second. With his omniscient prophetic eye, Jesus pictures the 12 in their full mission. And then he pictures all those who would continue to represent him throughout redemptive history including those who will suffer for his sake during the Holocaust 
in the great tribulation. That's why he mentions until the son of man comes and being saved at the end. So the instructions given by Jesus now no longer uniquely fit the apostles and their ministry. Now they include them, but they're broadened to include all disciples as we are involved in long-term missions to the world and fulfilling the great commission. And this is obviously the intent of these verses, because as you'll notice, there are things said in verses 16 through 23 that are very different from what the Lord has just told the apostles. It has to be for their long-term missions ministry, not their short-term. For example, while the apostles were initially told to go only to Jewish territory, not to the Gentiles, not to the Samaritans, now in verse 18, Jesus makes it clear that they're to witness for him, and that will include even Gentiles. When he says this, you'll even be brought before governors and kings for my sake as a testimony to them and to the Gentiles. So this has to be different because before in verses five and six, he said, don't go in the way of the Gentiles. Don't enter any any city of the Samaritans, but rather go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So it's obvious that he's changing the instructions now. We also noted that the specific opposition and treatment that they would that they would get like scourging and and death and things of that nature they never experienced in their short-term missions ministry in fact they never experienced any of that until after Christ's death and resurrection and ascension back to the father jesus said in john 16:4 speaking of persecution he said these things i did not say to you at the beginning because i was with you in other words as long as christ was with the apostles he would be the target of opposition. But once he left, once he was no longer there, the apostles became the, the primary targets of opposition and then every believer after them. They can't come after Christ physically, so they come after us. And notice verse 23, which says, but whenever they persecute you in one city, flee to the next. For truly I say to you, you will not finish going through the cities of Israel until the Son of Man comes. This is a definite a uh, reference to the second coming of Christ. And yet none of the apostles lived to see the Lord return. They died years ago. So this passage is obviously to be understood as truths that go way beyond the lifetime of the apostles and apply to us and every believer in this age. So that's the primary message of this passage, that until Jesus returns, we can expect opposition to the gospel. And here's how the Lord unfolds this message. Now, I would encourage you to write this down because I'm going to give you the structure of the passage. If you, want, if you don't get the structure, you're going to miss the, the meat and depth of this. In verse 16, Jesus gives a very broad, general, overall statement about danger awaiting us as we tell the world about Christ. He describes this danger by using a specific imagery, the imagery of sheep being sent out into the midst of wolves who are ready to attack. He refers to the believers as sheep. We are the sheep. And those who oppose the gospel and those who are wolves are unbelievers. So the sheep are believers. Unbelievers are the wolves ready to pounce on the sheep. Then, having stated the general, the general truth that we can expect persecution from wolf-like unbelievers. The Lord gets more specific as he identifies the particular wolves that will attack us. He identifies them as certain types of people as well as certain areas 
of life from which we can expect persecution to arise. Now, that's the flow of the passage. That's the gist of it. We're being sent out as sheep in the midst of a pack of dangerous wolves, and therefore we need to know the kinds of attacks to expect from these wolves. So the very tone, the mood of this of this passage is a warning. It's a warning to us to beware, to be alert, to pay attention to the dangers that we face. Now, today we're going to begin our study by looking at the general statement. We're going to examine that. It's going to cause you to think a little bit. This is not as easy as it might look. I think sometimes we're very familiar with verse 16 about being sent out as sheep in the midst of wolves and be shrewd as serpents, innocent as doves. And we don't really think about what that, that meant. But there's some real, some real in-depth truth here. And we're going to look at that, and then we're going to begin to see, we're going to just touch on it today, what are the particular areas or wolves of attacks that we need to be alert to. So verse 16 starts off this way. Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Jesus begins this section by telling the apostles, and really, as we said, all believers, that in sending them out to witness to unbelievers, he is, note this, deliberately sending them out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Now, that is a very, very interesting statement, and I'll tell you why. Remember, just several weeks ago, we looked at chapter 9, verse 36, in which Jesus referred to the unsaved crowd of Galilean Jews as sheep. He called the unsaved sheep. Verse 36, it says this of chapter 9, seeing the people, he felt compassion for them because they were distressed and dispirited like sheep without a shepherd. As Jesus traveled around Galilee, he saw these people who had been abused by their leaders. They were downhearted. They were dejected. They, they were discouraged. And he saw them as sheep who were in need of a shepherd. And so the passage goes on to say, he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers or workers are few. Therefore, beseech or pray the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. And they prayed and they became the answers to their prayers. So keep that in mind. He characterized the sheep back then as as distressed and dispirited, in need of someone to shepherd them and lead them to Christ. But hearing this, it's very likely that the apostles could have and would have gotten the wrong impression. They may have gotten the impression that the unbelieving sheep of this world would be very easy to lead to Christ. They're so down, they're so disheartened, that all that was necessary was for someone to come along, tell them about Christ and his kingdom, and they would just be thrilled to follow him. I mean, after all, they're just dumb sheep. And sheep, want to. They, they will follow a shepherd and given the right circumstances. But that's not the case at all. It's not the case at all. And Jesus wanted his men to understand that when it comes to proclaiming him to unbelievers, note this, the dejected sheep of this world often turn into vicious wolves. And it's believers who become the real sheep. So the Lord is changing the imagery and probably doing this so that these men do not have the wrong impression. Now, why did Jesus refer to us as sheep in the midst of wolves? Well, the Bible often compares believers to sheep, because like sheep, we tend to go astray and not follow our shepherd. Isaiah said, all we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. Like sheep, we're, we're dumb and we don't know what's best for us. So, so the Bible often uses the analogy of calling us sheep. However, the reason 
that Jesus compared us to sheep in this context is simply because sheep like us are weak and defenseless animals. We are, we are weak, sheep are weak and defenseless, and therefore they are in constant danger of being attacked by wild animals. And that's precisely what the Lord wants us to understand. He wants us to understand that as we venture out amongst unbelievers with the gospel, there are dangers there. They want to hurt us. They want to persecute us. And in this context, the Lord is stressing the great dangers that believers like sheep will face for him as we witness for him. Now, unlike most animals, sheep have, have no natural way to defend themselves. They, they are really, in many ways, quite pathetic. Uh, the only thing they can do if an animal, if a predator comes after them, is really to run. And they're not noted as being particularly fast animals, so they can't even run away from most predators. So they're in great danger of being attacked by predators. And the predator in biblical times that posed the greatest danger to a sheep was a wolf. So that's the analogy. Now, I want you to notice something extremely fascinating about what Jesus said concerning sheep and wolves. And this is where you have to think a little bit. He said that he was sending us out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Now, did you get that? There, it ought to arrest your attention. This is very unusual. It's an unusual statement in that normally sheep are not sent out to wolves. Wolves come in amongst the sheep. Sheep don't go in the territory of wolves. I mean, I know they're dumb, but I don't know that they're that dumb to see a pack of wolves and just walk in their midst. Sheep are attacked by wolves who come in to attack and destroy them. In fact, uh, the Apostle Paul in Acts 20, 29 said to the elders of the church at Ephesus, speaking about false teachers who want to come in and will come into their churches to destroy them. He said, after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. That would be the more natural thing to happen. But here in Matthew 10, Jesus tells the apostles that he was purposely sending them out as sheep into the very territory of wolves, a a pack of wolves. He's sending them out. In other words, rather than the wolves coming into the presence of the sheep, the sheep are now being sent into the very presence of vicious and destructive wolves. That's unusual. Here's how one commentator explained this, this odd behavior of sheep walking right into a pack of wolves. He wrote, it is consistent with the predatory nature for wolves to come into the flock, in the field, and even into the sheepfold to attack, to mutilate, and devour the sheep. But it is not natural, he writes, or consistent with their nature for sheep to voluntarily walk into the wolves' own den. And it is unnatural for a shepherd to send his sheep into such, uh, such certain peril. Yet this is where Jesus, the good shepherd, sends his disciples into the hostile world of ungodly souls because that's where they can serve him best and be most effective in winning others to him. The apostles, and to various extents, every believer after them would be sent out defenseless in themselves among evil, vicious, God-hating mankind. Many Christ followers have given their lives in the process of telling people the good news. We live today in what has become known as the Age of Martyrs. It has often been stated that more people have been killed for their faith in Christ over the last 100 years than in all other centuries combined. 
But as we will see in the next class, persecution lasts only a short time and can never separate us from the love of God. We are glad you could join us for today's class. Pastor teacher Steve Kreloff is leading us in a series of lessons about the opposition we can expect when we share the gospel. Pastor Steve has been ministering for more than 26 years at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. His expository or verse-by-verse messages now come to you through these daily Bible classes of the air and the work of verse-by-verse ministries. We are a faith ministry supported by the gifts and prayers of interested listeners who are first faithful to their own churches. Today we started a three-part message, which we will continue in the next two classes. But if you would like to hear the entire message at once, you can order a CD or cassette by calling us at 727-441-1714. Leave your name and a number, and we will return your call during weekday office hours. That number again, 727-441-1714. If you missed part of the lesson today, you can hear it again at our website, versebyverseradio.org. Either listen online or download it for later. We have previous broadcasts on the archives page. Once more, the web address is versebyverseradio.org. Jesus may have given a difficult and potentially dangerous assignment, but the Bible is full of helpful truths for us in boldly sharing. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.